Welcome to episode 14 of the audio podcast, The Holocaust in Hungary, subtitled, It Can Happen Here. I'll title this section, Culpability. The mass destruction of the Jews started in the early 1940s, but the elimination of the Jews one way or the other was planned shortly after Adolf Hitler came to power. The devastating process to make Europe free of Jews started before the mass killings took place, way before. All the European nations knew about Hitler's intentions shortly after he came to power. The bigger nations, like France and England, did not much make, pay much attention to Hitler's anti-Semitic plan, or rather they did, did not want to know about it, because anti-Semitism was climbing to a higher percentage in both countries, and it was accepted throughout Europe. The smaller countries did not have time to worry about the Jewish problem in the mid to late 30s because they had other problems. They were afraid of Hitler's imperialistic intention to take over the whole of Europe by military force. Besides, most of the European countries had some Jewish restriction laws enacted already after the First World War. Hitler and his Nazi gang were systematically working on the German people to increase the ancient prejudice toward the Jewish population in Germany. After the First World War, the economy was dragging all over Europe. Naturally, the number of jobless was rapidly increasing. More and more commercial and industrial workers lost their jobs in Germany, too. Hitler's government accused the Jewish population of everything. They were taking away the jobs from German people and were nothing but bloodsuckers and enemies of the Third Reich. The biggest machine, the propaganda machine, started to work. After a few short years, Hitler became the head of the government. The Jews were the most unwanted elements in the Third Reich. Hitler's Nazi ideology had a tremendous effect on the German people, and it was gradually injected into their mind ever since Hitler came to power. At that time, Germany had a little over half a million Jews living there, but that number was rapidly declining. Hitler became Chancellor of the Third Reich on January 30, 1933. From that day on, the green light was given to the Nazis to terrorize the Jews and those who came to defend them. Until 1939, Jews were tortured and murdered only for one reason, because they were Jews. From the beginning of 1939 until the end of 1940, Hitler wanted the Jews to leave Germany. He tried everything to chase them out, but no other countries were willing to take a large number of immigrants. After 1940, Hitler and his elite changed their minds and decided to exterminate the entire Jewish population of Europe. Until the end of 1940, the possibility was there to save millions of lives, but the leaders of England and the rest of the world outside Europe had narrow-minded leaders and politicians who could not see the upcoming disaster. If the British Kingdom, the United States, and the rest of the world would have felt a little mercy and would care for the suffering people, nearly six million Jews in Europe should not have had to die unnecessarily. Hitler realized he cannot get rid of all the Jews by letting them emigrate to other countries. So he decided to exterminate all of them. After the Nazis set up the labor and concentration camps in Germany or in the satellite countries, the Jews were no more treated like human beings. They were nothing else but numbers. As the Nazis said, no matter how high the numbers of the Jewish population today, they will decrease to zero by the end. According to Hitler's plan, all the Jews, men, women, and children, were marked to be destroyed in their entirety. There would be no more Jews left alive in Europe. That was the plan the Nazis called the final solution. But that plan was adopted only after Hitler acknowledged that he cannot chase the Jews out of Germany 
or the whole of Europe because no other nations outside Europe were willing to save Jewish lives by letting them immigrate to their land. After the plea of all the Jewish organizations to let the Jews immigrate to Palestine and to the ancient Jewish land that was denied by the British government, Hitler and his elite had to revise their plans. At that time, England was the sole dictator of Palestine, letting millions of educated and well-off European Jews immigrate to the land occupied by the British government scared the British authorities that a move like that might weaken their dictatorship all over the occupied territories. The mighty British kingdom could not afford that. But after the war, England had to give up all their colonies and the occupied lands in Africa. Today, England has no power at all. Without the help of the United States as Big Brother, England would be just another small European nation on the map. The exact number of how many Hungarian Jews were killed or died from hunger or disease during World War II is unknown. The pre-war Jewish population in Hungary were about 500,000. By the end of 1943, it exceeded 820,000. But before the mass deportation started from all over the provinces, thousands of Jews escaped through the Balkans to different countries. Thousands were hidden in the provinces by the Hungarian people. The largest number of refugees was made up of Romanian Jews who fled the savage brutality of the Romanian government. At the end of 1943, at least 200,000 Jews left their homeland and crossed into the Hungarian borders. Many of them came with forged documents and registered as Christians. Even those who declared themselves as Jews were safe because the deportations in Hungary did not start until early 1944. Adolf Eichmann arrived in Budapest after the Wehrmacht partial takeover of Hungary. Then the arrangement for the deportation from the provinces started, and by, Ju by July 9, 1944, the Regent von Horthy put a stop to it. The German consul to Hungary, Dr. Edmund Wiesenmeyer, proudly reported to Berlin in the middle of July 44 that 437,500 Jews were deported from Hungary to different concentration camps. During the three-month period of the deportations, no reliable count was established as to how many Jews were taken from the provinces. The SS guards and Hungarian gendarmes were handling the Jews like animals. They did not ask for papers or for names. Once 80 Jews were in a boxcar, the guard put the mark on his paper and they sealed the wagon. Sometimes they didn't put down the mark or put more than 80 in a boxcar. It did not matter. After October 15, 1944, when the country was completely under German military rule, the Nazi Aerocross leader, Ferenc Szalazy, took over the power, and the deportation started again. In the capital, the killing of Jews in different ways was happening every day. For the three months from October 15 to January 16, no official report was available to show how many Jewish lives were lost. The number of those who were deported, or the number of those who were killed, by the Aerocross gangs is unknown. Some estimate was made by the Hungarian government after the war, but those numbers are not 100% reliable. All we know is that after the war ended and the Jews emerged from the camps and ghettos all over Hungary, they counted approximately 200,000. The gypsies had a large number of losses too. About 50,000 were deported from Hungary and an unknown number were killed by the German Nazis. The Holocaust ended after the war was over, when all the concentration camps and ghettos were liberated by the Russian or Western powers. The entire world acknowledged the biggest crime of the century, 
not just the Nazis, but the entire human race. After 1940, Hitler and his elite Nazi gang decided to eliminate all the Jews in Europe, but the inescapable truth is the Holocaust could have been avoided if the rest of the nations were not directly involved in the war with Germany, would have cared a little more for those people who were marked for death by the Nazi leaders of the Third Reich. Adolf Hitler and his executioners, and almost all those who participated to kill millions of Jews, paid for the crime they have committed. Most of them were executed. Some of them got away with prison terms. But there were thousands of participants in the brutal senseless killings who never were or will be punished for their crimes. Those who masterminded and those who carried out the crime of the Holocaust were convicted by the whole world too. But those nations and their leaders who indirectly took part in the Holocaust are morally guilty too because by not doing enough to stop it, they became silent partners of it. Before the war, the majority of the Hungarian people did not feel any hate toward the minority Jewish population. Before May 29, 1938, the Jews were accepted by the government and by the Hungarian people as any other citizens. The trouble started only when Hitler kept putting pressure on the Hungarian government to bring restriction laws against the Jewish population. Until 1938, they were free to hold jobs in commercial, industrial, or any liberal profession and in any level of government positions. But after the first Jewish restriction law was enacted, due to the demand of Hitler's Nazi regime, the Hungarian government began promoting anti-Semitism itself. Although the anti-Semitism was increasing rapidly, the violence and brutality were kept at zero level for many years in Hungary. Only after the Germ Germany's partial occupation of Hungary on March 19, 1944, the Gestapo and the SS units flooded the capital and were all over the provinces too. Then suddenly the Jewish, Jewish population started to experience the inescapable terror of the German Nazis. But Jews were never harmed by the Hungarian military officers or civilians. Only after the total military takeover and occupation and when the government was installed at the request of Hitler, then the Nazi Aerocross party started brutalizing and abusing the Jewish population. The way the Hungarian Aerocross Party members were handling and treating the Jews was the result of the German propaganda and the Hungarian government's standing point against the Jewish people. Those youngsters who were born in the mid and late 20s learned in school, read in the papers, and accepted their government's decision that the Jews are enemies of the country and of the Hungarian people. Therefore, the government had to get rid of them. The question is then, who is more guilty? Those who committed the crime? or those who showed them how to do it, forced them to do it, and agreed with what they did. The officers in the Hungarian military were never trained to harm Jews. In the German military, it was totally the opposite way. On several occasions, I was witnessing myself when SS officers were giving orders to Wehrmacht soldiers to shoot and kill Jews. In some cases, when the soldier was hesitating or refusing the order, he was shot and killed by the Nazi officer. At the end of 1941, when my unit was moving supplies back and forth to Ukraine to the troops, we were ready to move out our truck convoy from the field outside of town. Next to us was a temporary camp for the Jews to be transferred to the Warsaw Ghetto. The Jews were tired and hungry and were begging for water and food. A young Wehrmacht corporal handed some food to one of the Nazi Jewish, to one of the Jewish girls behind the barbed wire fence. One of the SS guards witnessed that and reported it to his captain. 
The Nazi captain ordered both, the corporal and the girl, in front of him. He pulled his Luger and gave it to the corporal and ordered him to shoot the girl. The corporal maybe was 18 years old. Without any hesitation, he refused to do it. The captain took his gun back, shot the girl first, and then the corporal. The German government in recent years repeatedly denied that any German soldier during World War II was ever killed, sent to a concentration camp, or punished in any serious way for refusing to kill Jews. This statement from the German government is an absolute lie. The members of the present German government did not know what was happening in Russia during the war, but I was there and I witnessed those brutalities myself. Former Reich Minister of the Interior Heimlich Himmler, the mastermind and the ringmaster of the ex extermination programs, plainly lied too when he said that no German soldier was ever forced to kill Jews. He betrayed his country, betrayed his beloved Führer too, but he didn't have the guts to face justice for the crimes he committed when he killed himself with a cyanide capsule after he was captured by British authorities. Whatever statements he made during his miserable life, we cannot accept. The next section is subtitled, Can the Holocaust Happen Again? The Holocaust can repeat itself very easily, not triggered off by the people of any nation, but by the ideology opposed by their government leaders. Propaganda is the biggest factor and it plays a major role in changing people's attitudes and feelings in any direction right or wrong. You can make people believe anything if you tell them the proper way. The politicians and the head of a powerful country want to start an unjust war against a smaller and weaker nation. Through the right propaganda, they will be able to convince the people, even if they are aware of the possible losses of innocent people's lives on both sides. Joseph Goebbels started the Holocaust through his propaganda very successfully during Hitler's dictatorship in Europe. He turned the entire Europe against the Jewish people in a short time. Here in the United States, the right propaganda can cause a holocaust in the next 20 to 25 years very easily. Anti-Semitism in Europe is growing with a moderate trend, but in the United States it shows rapid growth. The people in the United States look at the Jews from different viewpoints. Some people say the Jews are followers of an ancient religion. Others think the Jews are an entirely different race while others believe they are just another nation. These different definitions put the Jews in double jeopardy because they are facing anti-Semitism and racism at the same time. The majority of the people in the United States who don't like Jews can't explain what is the reason for it. It could be because his neighbor's influence or people he works with, or it could be the media or the newspapers through which he learns that the Jews are the most affluent, wealthy society. Anti-Semitism is triggered off by reasons in the different reasons in the United States, but none of these reasons are similar to the terrible accusations they were facing in Germany during Hitler's, Hitler's dictatorship or in other Nazi sympathizer countries. Someone might feel that way because his neighbor is Jewish and he buys a new car every year while he is still driving the old 10-year-old ten ten -year junker, or his Jewish senator or representative is helping Jewish businessmen and industrialists more than non-Jews or just because they are different people than he is. Most of the people in the United States don't hate the Jews like people did in Europe during the war, but even those Americans who feel neutral about the Jewish population would not oppose to send all of them to Israel or just get rid of them, rid of them some way and give their wealth to the poverty-stricken society. 
editor's note here, keep in mind this was written in 1996 to 1998. A lot has happened with anti-Semitism between then and 2023. At this time, I'll end episode 14 of the audio podcast, The Holocaust in Hungary, subtitled, It Can Happen Here. I hope I've done justice to George's desire to honor those who died, to make sure the world doesn't forget what happened to them, to honor those who tried to save them. I consider it a distinct privilege that I've had the opportunity to find and edit this document and make it into a podcast. Thank you for listening.